Hello, and welcome back to The Ruben Show, The Ruben Podcast, brought to you by M. Thank you so, so much for being part of this fantabulous journey of life. And thank you so much for subscribing, for sharing, tweeting, Instagramming, everything, you know, because... Even though I love this intimate space which we have between us right here, share it to the world, you know? Let other people join in the fun. And we talk about amazing things here. As an actor, I think that art encompasses all of the human spirit. It encompasses philosophy, intrinsic thought, culture, society, your personality, everything. So it makes sense that we have these intricate discussions <laughs> at 20 minutes apiece every single Sunday, right? So, as you were here last week, you'd know the full length discussion we had about what I care about. And of course, I care about art. Sorry, glitching the matrix there. But most specifically, film. As I love embodying a whole snapshot of life just in 90 minutes or less or more. <laughs> but film as opposed to theatre, I feel like it's slightly more transformative as you can guide the audience as to where you want them to to experience what you're feeling. Whereas in theatre say it's like if you were to stand at the back of a a cafe shop cafeteria and press play but with film it's like you're staring at the back then staring up close then behind then through the window all kinds of things it's so transformative so about the who i care about well i'm so blessed in that just by being I can connect to possibly as wide an audience as possible. Um, being British, of course, and speaking the English language, arguably at this point the most widely spoken language in the world, in the Western world at least. And I'm learning Spanish as well, and French. I did study linguistics <laughs> for for. A minute and a half in Westminster University. So I'm able to... I found that I'm able, I'm able to at least read in another language, if that makes sense. Like, like um, this amazing photographer the other day messaged me on Instagram. And, of course, he was speaking in French. Um, and I could understand what he was saying because I knew the verbs, I knew the syntax, I knew the grammar, I knew the structure and everything. So it was, that was just that was just just amazing. I didn't think my brain was was like that. I feel like when you once you learn one language or that you study grammar at its core, then you can sort of you know learn more languages. And the amazing thing about Latin languages is that the end of the verb um, denotes the tense. For example, in Spanish, me gusta would be, I like. Me gustaría would be, 
I would like. A me gustara would be I will like. You know, it's like the it's like as soon as you know like the verb endings, then you know, you can fly in any language. You're like you know, yeah. <laughs> Let me know if you want if you want the second half of this in Spanish because I can bring it up to you as well. So going back to more about me as it is the Ruben Show, the Ruben Podcast, brought to you by N. <laughs> so hmm, being British and speaking English is one thing, and I find that. Within British culture, there are so many amazing, perplexing stories, not only about royalty, but just based on its history. I mean, being a mix of Anglo-Saxon, French, German, Spanish, Italian, and even what's going on, I guess, in more contemporary times to do with Brexit and of Polish and um, Romani and um, Eastern European migrants. And someone needs to capitalise on that. Well, capitalise may be the wrong term, because capitalism, you know, is here and there. Ugh, goodness me. I can't believe that we're talking about linguistics and capitalism and politics in this podcast. Ugh, gosh. But honestly, ugh, when people talk about politics, it's like... Uh, I'm just not there to have, have in-length discussions about it, <laughs> really, because it is just so complex and so convoluted. But with Boris Johnson just becoming the new Prime Minister, of course, that's what everyone's talking about right now. Yeah, for some reason, I don't see many people making art about it, because I want to make something so monumental that when we look back at this moment in history, in one, five, ten, twenty years time, we can be like, wow, this is how we felt. This is what was going on. All those kind of things. You know? And arguably, with Britain, I find that their art is disconnected from their politics for some reason or another. I find that it's very connected with royalty. Like, as we see the royal family... Um, sort of get more into modern times, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, marrying someone outside your race is like, like whether, what connotations, denotations, whatever you want to make from saying that's like a modern thing to do. <laughs> like all kitsy, contemporary <laughs> sort of thing. Like, I'll maybe leave that, leave that up to you. But as we see you know, the royal family getting on social media and being more mainstream and all those sort of things, I feel like we see that in the culture as well. Like, even on even on television, I'm seeing people talk about YouTube and Instagram and all those sort of things, just as when the royals are getting into it as well. Of course, maybe that's coincidence. But I find that in other countries, namely the USA, United States of America, and then... Like, their art is very much reflected on their political climate, whereas I just don't see that all too much in Britain, necessarily. I said to go go way back when, during the war, but even then. And more... Oh, keep on happening all throughout this episode. But more specifically... I'm from Nottingham. And Nottingham is a rock and roll kind of city. 
And the way it's going on right now, I feel like Nottingham wants to try and be the poshest city in the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. <laughs> Just because the standards of even things like customer service are incredibly high. Like, Nottingham is very unique in the sense that you have people coming from London, Birmingham, Sheffield, all kinds of places. It really can be called the heart of the UK. But within that, um, you find that people are very relatable, yet quite posh, yet quite mishypolutin, yet down to earth. And I've yet to see that truly reflected in any other city in the UK. Really. I mean, Londoners have their own sort of mode of being. Say the people from Birmingham, but... I think Nottingham is very, very unique in the sense that, of course, when you're in London, you're acting like you're in London, so you automatically have that sense of prestige about you. Um, And Birmingham, Birmingham can be seen as the opposite of Nottingham in, in so many ways, which, which, oh, if I'm going to talk about politics, then, oh, goodness me, I need to be a guest on someone else's podcast entirely. Let's keep it related to film. I made a tweet not so long ago saying that if Essex is LA, then Nottingham is New York. In the UK at least, lots of people look towards places like Essex and London as that's where most of the celebs and the famous people tend to come from. But Nottingham, it's like we're all artists in our own way, we're all highly creative. Just the avenues to tap into that creativity, or the or or the overwhelming pressure, it might not be there, which is half a shame. But as I get more into my career, my life, my friends, my family, everything, sometimes I wonder. How come certain things in Britain are not reflected elsewhere? And how come certain things elsewhere are not reflected in Britain? For example, Fringe Theatre is all over the UK. I I portrayed Demetrius in the Camden Fringe Festival, which was so exciting for me. It was literally my first theatre gig ever, actually. Um, The cast was amazing. And the directors were amazing. Um, and to tap into that pool of knowledge. And it felt almost second nature to me. As theatre is... As the theatre, um, at its core, is a very European concept. You know, reflecting um, on society. Um, and William Shakespeare is excellent at really putting a mirror as to what was going on at the time in England. And, and of course having learned Shakespeare all throughout school and and everything else and and everyone's always talking about raving about Shakespeare I, all of my friends are in some kind of Shakespeare play at one moment or another as I was speaking Shakespeare it almost felt like second nature sort of thing like Demetrius's words almost felt like the uh, it's very, oh goodness me, it's very challenging to explain, but 
perhaps if that's how they spoke at that time, then maybe, you know, it's just, it's just nice to know that, that certain energies, like, you are inherently connected to, I guess. And I want to step into that as much as possible. I'm bringing it back to film, about the British film industry. It's, it's really a shame how there isn't a Brollywood, as Bollywood is India. <laughs> so, and, oh my gosh, Brolly as in like, Brolly umbrella, gosh, I literally, <laughs> I literally just thought that's just like, on the spot just now, wow, I'm so great at, at improv. But of course there's Hollywood, which is from the US, and Hollywood, which is from Nigeria. Yet, I don't feel like there's a cohesive drive in film at least, to be like, yes, this is what Britishness encompasses. And this is what we want to project to the rest of the world as to this is what we stand for. You know, maybe it exists in deep, dark places. Just how the art scene exists in all cities in, in the UK. Yet in London, you feel it. But in Nottingham, it's so here and there. And of course, in England, Britain is a working class country. So most people spend more time in their jobs with their families than on stage or screen at this moment in time. Which is, which is, which is fine. It's their own thing. Yet, in other countries, I feel like there's this insane drive to be like, this is the who we are. And in Britain, it's here, it's here, it's there. Hmm. Arguably, I'm quite Americanized. In the sense that the 50s in America, I guess the equivalent to that was the 60s in Britain, yet British just now has evolved dramatically from what was in the sixties, I think. Well, <laughs> the most well, the most iconic thing from like based on the sixties was was like Austin Powers, which <laughs> which which I'll I'll leave you listening to decide how I should finish that sentence. Yet America has always retained the sense of this is America. This is the what we are. <clears throat> or maybe it's just different. <sighs> like capitalism is definitely a thing in America. And community is more of the drive for success in Britain. Yet, yeah, when it comes to the raw dollar, the raw pounds and pence. I feel like Britain, because of Brexit, is becoming more of a, if I don't eat, I starve, which is quite sad. <sighs> Yet Britain does look to America for, for lots of things. I mean, heck, people are saying that Boris just got voted in just because he was like Donald Trump. 
but uh, that's ugly. That last point is ugly to the government rather than Brexit itself. <sighs> yeah, maybe Brexit happened because people want to retain a sense of what Britishness is, I guess. And other people are blessed in the fact that they can separate what is an Americanism and what is a Britishism. Like, what is that land over there versus, oh, that's cool what's going on. Let me be a part of it. Rather than, rather than just like watching and observing, sort of thing. Living in England does help me retain my sense of Britishness, and I guess that's who I care about. <laughs> who I care about, <laughs> like a country is as a person. <sighs> but I guess I just want to represent the greatest aspects of what I stand for that is being British that is being geeky and nerdy and an underdog and hmm and I guess male as well <laughs> I mean like how many scriptures do you want to how many scriptures should I how many how many scriptures can I use when describing myself you know, I have to be relatable as well as unique, which is a feat not for the faint of heart, definitely. But when talking about what you represent, is it, are, is that demographic different to who would look up to you, to who are your fans, to who could imagine you being on the screen who could who could put themselves in your shoes are they different or are they one of the same iconography arguably is not a British dream I mean of course it can happen and it has happened and con- and will continue to happen. Yet, if someone steps out of line and says, I want to be an icon. <laughs> well, you'll get laughed all the way to the top. <laughs> but once you reach there, then you're there. Hmm. So who do I care about? I care about anyone who dares to go against the grain and tries to success in being their quirky selves that's who I want that's that's who I want to represent on stage and on screen so looking back Demetrius really makes sense <laughs> it does the great thing about acting is that if things are meant for your spirit or really meant for your spirit, then they'll come to you at the right time. But when it comes to you, you really have to be ready. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in.